1: Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast. So happy to have you join me for today's episode featuring the American Physical Therapy Association's president, Dr. Sharon Dunn. So for those of you who are not familiar with Sharon, she received her BS in physical therapy in 1987 from LSU Health Sciences Center in her hometown of Shreveport, Louisiana. She has since completed a Master's of Health and a PhD in Cellular Biology and Anatomy She has been a faculty member at LSU since 1990, currently as an associate professor and chair of the Rehab Sciences Division. Since beginning service through the professional organization as a student, Sharon has served as the state government affairs chair, Louisiana chapter president, vice president, and delegate, and of course, as I said, she is the president of the American Physical Therapy Association. And I was lucky enough to catch up with Sharon uh, just last week at the Federal Advocacy Forum. If you're unfamiliar with the Federal Advocacy Forum, go onto the APTA's website, check it out. It's a great uh, couple of days in Washington, D.C. It's the first time I've attended, and I will definitely be going back for years to come. It's great to see how the legislative process works, how the APTA is advocating for the profession, and again, it was great to sit down with Sharon and talk about some of the things we're advocating for. We also talk about some pol- big policy agenda wins for the APTA, new public priorities for 2018 and beyond, and how to bring advocacy to your community, your state, and your county. So it was a great, this is a great episode. And like I said, definitely check out the Federal Advocacy Forum. You really get to understand. How the APTA works with the federal government to make things happen. So I know a lot of people say, well, what does the APTA really do? Go to a federal advocacy forum. See the hundreds of physical therapists there from across the country who are there to advocate for their state. Who are there to speak to their legislators within their state or to the legislative aides. Who are pounding the pavement to get things done. So it was a great couple of days in Washington, D.C. And I really thank Sharon for all of her support, for her willingness to sit down and talk, talk with me for a little bit about what's going on on the federal agenda and on the advocacy front for the APTA. And I hope you all enjoy. Hey, everybody, I'm coming to you live from
2: the Federal Advocacy Forum through the American Physical Therapy Association in Washington, D.C., and I have the pleasure of sitting next to the president of the APTA, Dr. Sharon Dunn. So, Sharon, welcome back to the podcast. Always an honor and a pleasure to have you on. Thank you, Karen. It's an honor and pleasure to be here, especially at the Federal Advocacy Forum. Yeah, my first one
0: wonderful energy. Do yeah, you think? It's,
2: yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to really learning more about how to properly advocate and how to speak to lawmakers because I think there's an art to it. It's not just go in and throw a bunch of data points at them. Yeah, it's, it's a conversation
0: but an ongoing conversation that is more of a relationship than it is a one-time deal. Yeah, so it's not a
2: one and done. Yeah, no. And why is advocacy so important for the physical therapy profession? And, and maybe put that in the context of as us as individual physical therapists versus hiring lobbyists to mm-hmm. do our work for us. Yeah,
0: well, number one, your legislators who represent you on the Hill want to know what's important to their constituents. They know they're going to have lobbyists come to them from organizations, but what is really meaningful to them is when you can share a story about your patients that affects people in their community because they wanna represent well. And and the reason it's incumbent on us to educate them is they're not healthcare providers in general. They're, they're regular people who need to better understand health care so they can adequately represent their their constituents on the hill so it's important for us to share our message but it's most important for us to speak for the patients who don't necessarily know that they need to articulate that message
2: and that was a big takeaway from for me this morning and in the session this morning is that as physical therapists how we differ from other organizations is mm-hmm. when we go in to advocate we're not advocating Necessarily, for our profession, we're advocating for the people that we treat, right. and for our patients. And I think that's a little bit more powerful and can hit more of an emotional nerve within Congress. Yeah, actually, to bring the patient's story to
0: the con- congressional leadership is is what really makes a difference. So you can you can bring all the statistics and numbers you want, but until there's a person attached to those numbers in story is, is where the m- meaningful conversations occur. And yeah, one great advocate, Eva Norman, I don't
2: know if you know Eva. Uh, I think everybody <laughs> know, knows Eva, yeah. <laughs>
0: what she started doing a couple of years ago was filming her patient on her iPad and then bringing that patient's story directly to her congressperson here.
2: And that, w- that was impactful. They remembered the patient. That's a great tip. Yeah, excellent tip. Now, what were the biggest policy agenda wins for the APTA lately? We've, I mean, I think we yeah, you can we, you could we, talk about it. Yeah, but go we've ahead. had
0: one big win lately, but over over the last couple of years, there have been four big wins that I think to uh, I'd like to highlight highlight. Um, one was that in 2016, we were able to get a bill through Congress that provides for locum tenens for physical therapists and private practices. It's before that bill was passed, if if you had to go on maternity leave or you had a vacation planned, you couldn't bring any anybody in part-time to serve the Medicare beneficiaries while you were out. So locum tenens gave us the opportunity for these Uh, substitute clinicians to come in and be able to see those Medicare beneficiaries on a temporary basis. And
2: that's huge because can you imagine, what if, like you said, they go out on maternity leave, what is that patient supposed to do? Especially in rural America,
0: there is no option. There's no other options, that's right. And that was the story that rang true, that that, uh, Sandy Norby was able to get across to Congress that she had to go on maternity leave, and nobody was in that rural community to see those patients.
2: Yeah, and that's so a shame.
0: Another big win was that we were involved in legislation in late in 2016 called the 21st Century Cures Act. And this improves coordination of rehabilitation research throughout the National Institutes of Health. So this was a big win where comprehensive rehabilitation research is is being funded for an additional five years. So we were thrilled to be a part of that coalition of rehab researchers.
2: That's awesome. Who else was, uh, what other groups Um, were involved there? uh, APTA, AOTA, ASHA
0: for certain are part of this coalition, but APTA had a large impact through our Foundation for Physical Therapy and the seed money there that's produced successful NIH research. That's awesome. And as a researcher, that must make you very happy well
2: you see the impact of
0: of research dollars on the academic enterprise and if you don't have nih funding you lose talented researchers to to other uh disciplines so it was it was yes it was wonderful Uh to see (laughs) yeah Um, the third is this past december we were able to get language into the annual defense spending bill that added ptas as authorized providers under tricare this was something that we had worked for for years and if a a serviceman or woman uh, who needed PT services the PTAs and OT assistance couldn't provide service for um, our servicemen and women so we finally got that passed in December it's not effective yet I think it's important to let your listeners know that there's a regulatory process on the back of any law getting changed that that uh, Provides the for the implementation, so stay tuned uh, because it will be effectuated at least in uh, at late by late nineteen, you know, two thousand nineteen.
2: Yeah, we learned that yesterday mm-hmm. at yeah. the APTA roundtable talk, and I was really surprised. Yeah at how long so how long something that is signed into law it has to go through so many committees and public discussions and then back to committees and then finally it can be implemented right. and i think that's really important like you said for the listeners to know that sometimes things take time yeah and Well,
0: we're, we're thrilled about the congressional action mm-hmm. and the big victory there, but we also have to advocate on the regulatory side. Yeah, it's for, not over yet. To make sure that that implementation does the things that we advocated for it to do. So, right, absolutely. Yeah, we're, we're, we're looking at that on the regulatory side. But we're thrilled that, that we had that win with TRICARE. And then finally the big <laughs> one is the permanent fix to the Medicare therapy cap that was enacted in February. This was the result of 20 years of advocacy on, on, on the part of our members, our, our clinicians all over the country and their patients. And their patients, who, sure. Who spoke up and, and it was wonderful to see this happen after 17 congressional acts to provide a
2: temporary fix we finally got the permanent fix and thrilled with that victory. And what is the specifics of that permanent fix? What does that mean exactly?
0: It means that we won't have to go back every December to file for an exceptions process. It okay. permanently placed an exceptions process essentially on the cap, and you don't have to uh, advocate for that at the end of every year. APTA has has identified one that after you you reach a certain milestone, you continue with the KX modifier. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean your patient is going to be cut in their funding at the hard cap. It allows for patients who need continued therapy to continue to get continued therapy. Huge. Yeah,
2: huge. Huge. Yeah, without the risk of losing that option. Right. Got it. Got it. So those were the, the big big wins. Mm-hmm. So what are we looking at for the future? What are, what's on the, the docket? So if there are people out there listening and they maybe want to reach out to their lawmakers, mm-hmm. what are some things that they can advocate for? Well, and, and that's
0: a, that, that huge win allows us to pivot our public policy priorities and our efforts forward. This morning we heard from Ballast Research about APTA's reputation on the Hill. And it's good. It is. I, quite frankly, I'm thrilled to learn that Hill staffers and Congress people see the value of hearing from physical therapists and physical therapist assistants, it, but it can always be better. Mm-hmm. So w- some of the advice we got as as far as advocacy goes is to uh, share with the legislators what you do for your patients and, and not always go about the money or the payment, but how can physical therapy be a solution to the healthcare crisis in this country? So we've got a lot of ideas Mm -hmm. and our public policy and advocacy committee is already thinking about what our public policy priorities can be now that we have an opportunity to put the cap conversation behind us. So where where do physical therapists fit in population health and wellness is a huge opportunity for us And so that's one of the things we're going to be taking to the hill tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Sharing with Congress how physical therapy on the front end of episodes of care or even in a prevention mode can save huge costs to the overall system. Not only save huge costs, but also keep our- Keep people healthy. Healthy (laughs) and mobile and safe in their communities. So we're going to specifically bring that tomorrow in addressing PT's role in the nation's opioid crisis through our Choose PT campaign. So, PT addressing a societal problem such as the opioid crisis is huge, mm-hmm. and what we can offer for pain. The role of physical therapy in digital health and technology as telehealth begins to expand, that timed with the op- opportunity we have with the um, licensure compact. Is almost a, so exciting. A, a nice alignment to to allow physical therapists to to get to people in remote areas who otherwise wouldn't have access. And so yeah. that's another issue. And then finally, we have some education issues. Loan indebtedness is a problem, and and one of the things that keeps me up at night because it's it's really a, a, at a crisis level. And so there's a bill currently under consideration called the Prosper Act and that would negatively impact access to student loans. So we're gonna talk tomorrow about the need to include physical therapists in student loan
2: repayment programs. Absolutely, because then what can happen is perhaps these bright, forward-thinking, wonderful students may not go into physical therapy when they look at how much it may cost Mm -hmm. and the price of repayment afterwards. Correct. And then that trickles down to your constituents and your society and your town and your state and and, and your constituents access to a high quality mm-hmm. care provider in their communities. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, all great issues to bring up for two thousand and eighteen. Now if you can't get to Washington D C, how can you advocate in your own state? What are the best ways for let's say people listening to go about doing that? I
0: think one of the best things I
2: ever did in my home state was to
0: offer a congressperson's staff the ability to come to LSU to see our clinic, our faculty practice, and interact with our students. So, and it doesn't have to be affiliated with the university. Clinic visits are a way for the congressperson and their staff to get to know their constituents in, in the clinic where they're receiving physical therapy and they learn so much about our profession. By by that immersion experience and the staff person that came with it was it was Senator Cassidy never forgot me because we hosted that visit and it was just a natural relationship builder because it gives the congressperson an opportunity to be seen at home in a clinical community but it also gives you the opportunity to build a relationship um, and, and it has a huge upside and impact on that relationship building. Uh, the other thing that is very helpful is getting involved and in volunteering in a local campaign. Mm-hmm. If you don't have financially the resources to, to, to give to a campaign, sweat equity is just as appreciated. Give yep. your time. Sometimes there, even more appreciated. Yes, putting yard signs out, being at a call center, stuffing envelopes. When they see you as part of their workforce to get elected, they never forget that effort mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. That, that breeds a, a desire to listen to your issues. So, those are two ways to get involved. And, and then, anytime you see your legislator um, uh, hosting a town hall, show up. Just go. And, and participate, ask questions. And, and it's good to ask questions about healthcare in general. And to show an interest about PT's role in in solving some of the issues we face,
2: but also a genuine interest in in the public's health. Absolutely, and I think something that you had said before is you don't just do one thing and then call it a day. Yeah. It sounds to me like it's all about building positive, healthy relationships, yes. whether it be with the Congressperson or with their staff or what we heard this morning was their district manager yes. is a very very important person to right. kind of be able to build these relationships with and mm-hmm. Patrick Graham I spoke to him earlier today and he said the one thing you want to do when you go to these with to your lawmaker is not to go with a list of things you want from them mm-hmm. But rather, how can you create a win-win? How can you make their life a little bit easier? What can you do to help them and help their constituents? And that Absolutely. goes a long way. Yeah,
0: never never leave that meeting without offering to be a solution. Mm-hmm. Is there something I can do for you? Mm-hmm. Or here's what I see in the district, here's the solution that, that I think might work. Because yeah, they get, they get um, offers to help all the time. <laughs> please help us do this, please help us do that. And rarely do they have people show up to be, to be a solution. Yeah, And I think can, PT okay, can, it, we're problem solvers. It's what we do in our day job. Yeah, so. absolutely.
2: So make it a win-win kind of, yeah. a, of a relationship instead of a just take-take relationship. Right, right. Makes so a lot of sense. Give,
0: give at least as much as you ask. Yes, if absolutely. Not more,
2: and then that builds a great, healthy relationship. Yes, definitely. And now, as a profession, where do you think we need to move in terms of advocacy for the future? Let's say we look a couple of years down the line. So one of the
0: things that we, we need to do in, to, in terms of the future is continuing to have a voice and continuing to invite others to come to engage in advocacy efforts. I was thrilled to learn that 77 students are here. It's amazing. And, and these, these students are here because a chapter or a section decided to sponsor their, their attendance. And once they get the bug, this is the bug that bit me, they're engaged for life into the things that matter to the organization and to our patients. So continuing to invite and bring along our colleagues to the, to the experience is huge. I would also encourage people to donate to the PT PAC. I mentioned a while ago that if you can't afford to donate, then sweat equity is just as good. But if you can't afford, even a $20 commitment consistently to the PAC helps the profession support those legislators who are champions for our profession keeping in mind that APTA doesn't use membership dues, we can't, legally, we're not allowed Mm -hmm. to do that. So that's the necessity for those PAC donations. So keeping our PAC strong, and it is strong, it's one of the six best healthcare provider PACs in the country, and that is why we had such a successful two years with Mm -hmm. those four big key Mm -hmm. successes.
2: Absolutely. That and the sweat equity of all of our, our advocates. Yes, yes. And now, before we sign off here, what are the key takeaways that you want people to leave from this talk?
0: Key takeaways, you can advocate from anywhere, from, your, from your, your computer at home to your community to coming to D.C. That's a key takeaway. You don't have to travel to advocate because these legislators want to know what's happening in their community. The other key takeaway is stay engaged and stay in touch with APTA for what our priorities are so that we're all beating the same drum Mm -hmm. because the message has to be shared over and over and over to get through. So those are the two keys.
2: Perfect. Well, Sharon, thank you so much for taking the time out of Federal Advocacy Forum here in Washington, Mm -hmm. D.C. I know you're pulled in a million directions, so I appreciate it. It's great to be here, and thanks for having me, Karen. Anytime. And everyone, thanks so much for listening. Uh, everything that we spoke about we'll have links to over at the podcast at podcast.healthywealthysmart.com. So you can sign up for to donate to the PT Pack. You can find out about some of the issues that the APTA is lobbying at. And there's also an app, the PT... Is it a PT advocacy app. advocacy app, yeah. So that's easy. Just download it onto your phone and it will, it will give you all of this information as well. So everybody, thanks for listening. Have a great week and stay healthy, wealthy and smart.
0: Thank you for listening and please subscribe to the podcast at podcast.healthywealthysmart.com and don't forget to follow us on
2: social media.